Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with... Uh, I don't know. I'm James Prophet. <laughs> James, are you a Wes Anderson character? I was trying to shoot for that, yes. I got it. <laughs> nice. If I could do an Owen Wilson impression, I totally would have done it there because he's oh, always my favorite character okay. in this movie. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> we are also here with our friends Joe and Bill. Hello. Run in episodes. Up? So my wife Jesse and I recorded an episode where we talked about the best Wes Anderson moments or our favorites. So I wanted to get you guys in to see your take on Wes Anderson. James, what do you think about the guy well um actually nick just joined us too nick are you there i am all right josh so wes anderson i honestly don't know if i would have ever seen a wes anderson movie except for the royal tenenbaums if it wasn't for you and jess uh josh's wife jess really loves wes anderson and josh became a wes anderson fan too right and just by him and jess being fans i became somebody that would watch a handful so i like wes anderson i don't love him like you guys do i really like the life aquatic a lot i like fantastic mr fox uh i liked rushmore okay i liked bottle rocket pretty well and i haven't bothered to see many of the other ones i don't think so i'm really interested to see if this makes me want to go back and watch the movie some more and gives me a greater appreciation for them yeah Bill, what about you what by the way I've I've only seen a handful of his movies. Um, let's see, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I thought that one was great. I loved that. And what else do we see? Life Aquatic, Rushmore, Royal Tannenbaums, and I think that's it. And it's it's just not my thing. Like I <clears throat> better be. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. But you like it, that means I hate it. Yeah, I no, I just I don't know. It's just not my it's just not my jam. Like I I I acknowledge that there's movies that I like that I know would not necessarily be uh another person's cup of tea like the monster movies where there's you know, obvious zipper running down the back of the creature. So I just chalk that up like his movies are in that category for other people. I I only saw those movies once. Like I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox um, a couple times because I, you know, we saw it in theaters, and I watched it with my my girls after I read the book to them. And yeah, I, I mean, I like that one a lot, and I think it's, it has to do with like the claymation, um, you know, the stop animation, you know, way of filming. But yeah, the, the other movies I only watched once, and afterwards I was like, I really don't get what the big deal is. Move on, you know. So. You know, I don't hate the guy, but I'm not necessarily going to like, hey, let's sit down and watch another one You're of his movies. Top five podcast about it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so before we go to Nick and Joe, Josh, curiosity, because like you really are a fan. Jess is also a mega fan. You, Josh, want to start to throw Jess a surprise 30th birthday party one year that was Wes Anderson themed. And a handful of us at the time all dressed up as different Wes Anderson characters to celebrate it. So Bill said, you don't get what the big deal is. I'll be honest, sometimes it eludes me to what would you say is like the quote unquote big deal about Wes Anderson? Uh, um, so I think one of the podcasts that I listen to the most, Film Spotting, has this. <sighs> 
<laughs> phrase that Joseph and I go to a lot um, that they talk about where a movie just has a spell on you, and so it's kind of hard to explain. So it's kind of like what you were saying, Bill. Like you can't explain why you like monster movies and not Wes Anderson. It's just you just do. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you see a movie and it's like that really wasn't the best movie ever, but for some reason I just freaking loved it. And I think that's how he is for a lot of people. Also, you know, he, he's got a very distinct style. All of his movies, like oh, five, for sure. seconds, five seconds, and you can tell that it's a Wes Anderson movie. He uses a lot of the same actors, and a lot of them happen to be ones that I really love. Um, as you'll hear later in this episode, Owen Wilson. <laughs> um, from yeah! Yeah! Jess obviously loves Bill Murray. Shanghai Nights, is that what's going to be later in the... We both love um, Jason's book. So it's, it's almost like, I don't know, I think of it almost like an ongoing TV show where you know all the characters and it's obviously different, but it's like family when you know something so well like that where it's like, all right, here's so-and-so again, you know. So I don't know, we just, we just love them. And there's one big criticism that he gets a lot of times is that he has no, like emotional depth to his characters and I just don't get that at all. And Bill, I was going to recommend, and Nick, I don't know where you stand on him, but for people that have brothers, uh, the Darjeeling Limited is like the best movie about brothers that I've ever seen. And it's it's hmm. like right up there with my favorite. With I would recommend that and cry your eyes out while you're watching it. So, yeah. that might be, Joe, Joe brought up a good movie that we forgot. Shanghai Nights is classic Wes Anderson. <laughs> Marley and Me, great Wes Anderson film. <laughs> Zoolander, awesome Wes Anderson movie. Zoolander 2. This is one of his weaker efforts, but I was actually was it just like, watching was it. Wasn't Turner and Hooch one of his movies? I don't know. I was actually just was it's family Thomas. movie night tonight, and I was watching Around the World in 80 Days with Jackie Chan, and I didn't realize that was a Wes Anderson movie until, of course, someone <laughs> Wilson showed up. Then I knew. Just in, in uh, what Josh said about the, the brothers thing, um, Darjeeling is phenomenal. If you have a brother, it's very, it's kind of what, like, God, I was just going to say something really pretentious, but like, no, say well, I was going to say cinema for some reason, even though I never say that. It's what movies can do really well, which is like put into words something that is really hard, or I should say put into images and words what's really hard to kind of pin down. So the whole <sighs> idea of what it is movies. to be brothers, I mean, Darjeeling Limited is is phenomenal. Joe, <laughs> it's not a phenomenal movie. It's a phenomenal film. <laughs> it's a piece of art. <laughs> piece of cinema but real quick i didn't like wes anderson for the longest time because of what josh was saying how they're all kind of they have a same vibe and tone and i just felt like it was too easy not, not necessarily that it was they were all similar but just his vibe is very like i feel like it would be extremely easy to parody um he makes everything in right angles he puts little um captions and like almost like labels on everything but once, and Josh used the same exact thing that I was going to do, that spell thing, once you kind of like click with it, it opens up another whole like world of his movies to you um, in a really cool way. So I, I would just recommend for people that aren't fans to keep trying because I got there. And once you do, it's a fun world. Nice. Yeah, I'll give it, you know, I'll check out that movie that you guys mentioned. What was it called again? The, the Dark Feeling Dark- Limited. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. I may be totally wrong about this, but didn't I see that in the theater with some of y'all? Not me. It's, it's possible. I know. The Heisers. Yeah, it's definitely no. <laughs> possible. I know that we, our friends Matt and Cheryl are also big Wes Anderson fans. And once we met them, we've seen all of the new ones with them in the theater. And I think you may have been there for Garcieling. Yeah. One I think that was the last one out. that I saw. Just super quick so it doesn't get not men- doesn't not get mentioned. Isle of Dogs is his newest one, and that's actually my favorite of his. So it, I think you said, Bill, you like the claymation. It's yeah. definitely a very similar vibe. <clears throat> it's the same kind of claymation um, that he did in that one. And it's real interesting. It's like a weird... Um, God, I don't know what is it with pretentious terms. I was going to say it's a pastiche of like Japanese Whoa. movies. Yeah. Not a big deal. I use that word and I think I used it correctly. Maybe. Anyway, I'm done. Nice. All right. Well, here we go with Best Nice Top 5 Wes Anderson scenes. film spotting <laughs> so let's just jump right in we'll count down five to one we did not put any rules around this so there's there could be repeats we could have some of the same ones we haven't gone over each other's list at all jess do you want to start first or you want me to start first you can start first okay wait should we do some kind of introduction first since no one has met me or knows my background on Wes Anderson films or your background on Wes Anderson films? Go for it. Okay. Um, I'm Jessie. I'm Josh's wife. I have been a Wes Anderson fan since Royal Tenenbaums came out. And then I went back and watched Rushmore and Bottle Rocket. And I was like instantly in love with his films. And... Um, literally used to watch Royal Tenenbaums every single night when I was falling asleep. And um, so that just shows I was like a freak obsessed with it. He is my favorite director. What else? Our son is named after him. Our son is named Anderson. Two of our sons are named after him. (laughs) Our other son's middle name is Wes. So yeah, for me, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Before we were together... um, before we were together, so what would have come out? I definitely had not seen Bottle Rocket. We watched that together when we were dating. I know I had seen Royal Tenenbaums and was a big fan. That's kind of my general favorite, although another one has surpassed it that we'll get to. But um, I love him a lot. He's not my favorite Anderson. P.T. Anderson's my favorite, but he's pretty great. And I always look forward to whatever he's doing next. So, yeah. Yeah. Fun fact also, not to give away my personal age, but for my 30th birthday party, Josh and my best friend, Cheryl, shout out to Cheryl, 
through a Wes Anderson-themed surprise party for me three months before my actual birthday. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. They put quotes all over. Everyone dressed up as characters from the movies. Um, they decoupaged the crap out of <laughs> book covers and made pins, made little Tenenbaum flags for all of the snacks. It was incredible. Um, yeah, one of the best memories I have. <laughs> awesome. I don't remember getting a P.T. Anderson party for me. That's no, weird. that is weird. Everybody dressed up as their uh, favorite characters from Magnolia and hmm. Phantom Thread. <laughs> Maybe when you turn 40. <laughs> Everybody will not want an invite to that party. <laughs> Who would you be? <laughs> P.T. Anderson. I'd be I'd, a... I'd be Joanna Newsom from <laughs> from uh, Inherent Vice. Okay, let's jump in. So my number five is from the Darjeeling Limited, and I'll go ahead and just talk about how I don't understand why people don't love this movie. I think it's fantastic, no pun intended. And I watch it. I watch it more than any of the other any of his other movies. Um, at least personally, sometimes you know we'll watch bottle rocket as we fall asleep or something but i'll just turn it on sometimes when i'm working or doing whatever it's so rewatchable i i am very partial to owen wilson and so that helps um i love bottle rocket but i feel like francis is like a a grown-up version of dignan um he's got a lot of the same character traits and anyway so my number five scene is towards the end of the movie when the three brothers Francis, Jack, and Peter are walking, and they spot these three boys playing in a river. <laughs> and Owen Wilson says, look at these assholes. So they just kind of watch them playing in the river, and then they start to drown. And so they try to save them, and they're carrying them out. And uh, Adrian Brody's character says, um, I didn't save mine. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead? The rocks killed him. You're bleeding like crazy. Peter! You okay? I didn't save mine. What's his name? And it's just like, god damn it. (laughs) Alright. It's just like, I know a lot of the moments in this movie seem like kind of heavy handed, which I think is why some people don't like it. You know, it's three brothers, and they're trying to save three brothers. Um, But, you know, just that feeling of, like, you're always the bad one, and and your siblings, or you're always the not measuring up or whatever, and to have it, like, physically manifested that way, and that, like, you literally just, like, couldn't save someone, you know, save your counterpart's life. It's just so moving, and then it goes into this amazing funeral scene which is kind of generally like the the go-to scene for that kind of part but i love the part where they're actually trying to save them and everything too and so yeah that's my number five sorry i cried five minutes into the (laughs) freaking podcast that's um this exact scene is actually i made a, a short list of honorable mentions and this was in my honorable mentions and i think partly it's because it this is not my favorite movie of his but the earlier movies that he did, I guess besides parts of Royal Tenenbaums, 
are a little more superficial, like they're kind of quirky yeah. and they, they're about like cool music and um, cool scenery and like comedy and like interesting people. And this was like, I feel like the first time that it really hit hard emotionally and I really appreciated that. It was like, wow, this is... I think he gets criticized for that a lot as not having any like emotional depth to his movies that they're they are all like that which i i think there's stuff in each one of them that you can find but this definitely is the first one where it was like wow he's putting all the <laughs> chips in the table so yeah and what makes it interesting too about that scene is um like it was um peter's counterpart that they couldn't save and peter was the one that had a baby on the way so it was kind of like life and oh. death <laughs> it's just you know a powerful moment in the movie in the in the story of those three brothers yeah awesome jess what is your number five my number five is a scene from um my favorite movie of all time the royal tenenbaums and it's the part where ethleen and henry sherman are walking through an archaeological dig and talking about, he's basically <laughs> comparing himself to her former suitors and talking about how grandiose they are and how he doesn't really live up to them. And as he's saying this, he falls in a pit. <laughs> it's like, I laugh out loud every time. Every time. I've seen this movie probably thousands of times because I used to watch it every single night when I fell asleep. And every time I see the scene, I laugh because it's just the way that... Danny Glover plays that part. I mean, he looks so startled and it's it's just so funny the way he falls down and she just keeps walking and talking and doesn't even notice and and, and it it's also like it's a really sweet moment because that's the moment where she notices that he isn't like the other suitors that she had and that he is a different person and that he's this really great man and and she falls for him in that moment like he falls in a pit and she falls in love with him and it's funny and it's sweet and i love it it's almost like wes anderson was like i'm gonna be you know s sentimental and then like nope gotta throw in yeah. someone falling down because <laughs> i can't handle too much sentimentality <laughs> yeah i love that scene <laughs> so my number four is from bottle rocket i bottle rocket just means so much to me and, and you but um that i felt like it had to be represented but really like there's not it was hard to pick just one moment because I love just the whole thing together. Um, but I think it's just got to be the the gun on the table scene <laughs> where they're um, the three guys are planning the heist and no one will focus because they had just bought this gigantic, ridiculous revolver and it's sitting on the table and they all just want to play with it. And Okay, escape route is crucial. Just in case somebody is tailing us or even chasing us, as the case may be. We can't be sure how it is going to happen. Do you think that we're going to be chased tonight? Is that a possibility? That's a good question. No, I don't think we're going to be chased. I'm just being hypocritical here. However, I will say... Well, please don't interrupt me, man, because I'm trying to stay focused on this stuff. You're responsible for the external situation tomorrow. Streets and the getaway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Excuse me. The... Are the explosives really necessary here? I think it'd be a lot more simple if I just walk up to the door alone. I, I think that that would be. Why are you undermining me, man? How much bullets does this thing take? Look, I'm paying man. attention. God damn it! You're not paying attention if you're messing around with the gun. Now quit. I'm... 
Anthony, just keep the gun on the table. Keep. I can't focus unless the gun is on the table. We just paid for it. Shut up, man. Shut up. I'm warning you now. Be quiet, please. It's true, Dignan. I paid for the gun. Say it again. Say it one more time. Say it again. Repeat what you just said. I paid for the gun. He's out. You're out too. And I don't calm think I'm down, in either. Just calm no down. gang. You two just don't give a shit. This is Wes Anderson's first movie, and so like it's a little bit different than his other ones. It's not as, you know, pretty or quirky, but Dignan definitely has. Um, has the quirkiness in his in his personality. Um, we we had two kittens that we had years ago that we named one of them Dignan, and it was funny because he was just like Dignan in this movie where he's just kind of like bouncing all over the place, always scatterbrained. Anyway, Dignan is planning this heist. He's the like mastermind, but he's you know like a complete idiot, and he's got all this stuff written down, and Bob. Um, keeps wanting to play with a gun, and so he freaks out and leaves the room and comes back and apologizes. It's just a funny scene. I just love it. It's so quotable. Yeah. Like, I still feel like, not that we talk about guns that much, but almost any time that guns come up in conversation, I have to say, I can't think unless the gun is on the table. <laughs> <laughs> or, how does an asshole like Bob get such a nice kitchen? Yeah, we said that one a lot. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right, Jess, what's your number four? Um, my number four is also from Bottle Rocket. And I know this isn't a surprise because we had kind of talked about this when we rewatched it recently. But um, the very first scene in the movie, um, Anthony is in a voluntary mental hospital. And Dignan is <laughs> helping him escape. And he's got a mirror and he's signaling to him and he's walking him on a walkie-talkie. And he is taking it so serious, and he's even got, like, a cuckoo. <laughs> and <laughs> just the fact, like, Anthony is lowering a, a bunch of, like, a, a rope made out of sheets down his second floor window. And his doctor comes in, and he's like, thank you, you helped me so much. And the doctor notices, and he's like, what is going on here? What's, what's this? What's going on? Uh... Well, see, my friend Dignan didn't realize that this was a voluntary hospital, and he got this whole escape thing worked out, and he just got so excited about the thing. I, I didn't have the heart to tell him, uh, no, that, uh... I mean, look how excited he is. I gotta do it this way, Dr. Nichols. I gotta climb out. It's only one floor down. Okay. But can you do it fast? You know, this this doesn't look good. None of this. No, none of this okay. looks good at all. Well, thanks very much, Dr. Nichols. You've really been a great help. You've been a great doctor. No. Thank you. Can you hand me my bag, please? I'll see ya. Hey, Anthony. Don't try to save everybody, okay? Okay, I won't. And just the way that, like, it's so freaking silly, but <laughs> it's just, it, it's like a moment in the movie 
that introduces the characters, but it also like perfectly sums up what they're about in like one moment. Like Dignan is very precise. He's very like grandiose in his plans, but it's also like like the silliest thing. Like that's why it's called Bottle Rocket because a bottle rocket like makes a big noise, but it's like really like as far as fireworks go, like, like ineffective. <laughs> so he has like this huge plan for something that doesn't really matter. Like all of his heists are kind of like robbing a bookstore, or, you know, things that aren't going to be like huge. Um, but he's very thorough and planning it out. And I love that Anthony is like, like who you would want to have as a friend, like just with him and like supporting him and wanting, realizing that he's not as privileged as Anthony is, and so he's t- letting his friend have this dream and, and live out this fantasy. Is um, I love it. Yeah, mm. it's funny you mentioned um, setting up the characters for the rest of the movie because that's kind of how my number three is. My number three is the opening scene to Fantastic Mr. Fox. What is a squab? You know what a squab is. It's like a pigeon, I suppose. Should we go through the hole under the horse fence or climb the rail over the bridle path? Well, I guess the horse fence would be a little safer. Oh, but the bridle path puts us right out next to the squab shack. Oh, okay. What's wrong? You're acting all skittish. Don't worry, I've been stealing birds for a living since before I could trot. By the way, you look unbelievably beautiful tonight. You're practically glowing. Maybe it's the lighting. I've been in this town so Come long and back in the city. It sets up Mr. and Mrs. Fox, but you know, mostly Mr. Fox as the main character, and it's just got so many good things together. So it's got great music, freaking Beach Boys, you know, Wes Anderson is known for having amazing music in all of his movies, um, and I partial, I, I notice this is just like happens to tick a lot of my boxes, so like I love the Beach Boys I'm such a sucker for anything George Clooney, and even though you can't see his pretty face, you still get his charm through Mr. Fox. You know, it's showing the story. He's a crook who's trying to go straight. He gets, you know, they get caught. She tells him that she's pregnant, and he has this, like, really, really awkward smile, basically like, cool, I'm terrified. And then the charm that I was talking about, he says, you look absolutely amazing, uh, maybe it's the light, which is just like he's complimentary, but also like a realist and puts his foot in his mouth and isn't as like sweet as he should be in that moment. And I just love it. The whole montage is great. So yeah, that's yeah. my number three. Yeah, I like the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Of course, I love that movie, and I think the the animation is fantastic, and the the story's clever. Um, that was the first Wes Anderson movie where I was ever like. Uh, he's like playing to his strengths like like this is getting too easy for him um but it's still a great movie and i i do like that scene a lot it is a great movie it is a great movie <laughs> what is your number three um i didn't put these in order so i'm kind of just winging it i mean i made a list of my top five but i'm putting them in order off the top of my head but i would say um in rushmore when max fisher and herman bloom Go to war with each other. Set to the Who's a quick one while he's away. Come on, baby. Know that you lie. 
hair, glasses, oval face. I mean, it's just like badass. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That song is perfect for it. I love Bill Murray. I love the way like it begins. Like Herman's just sitting in the hotel room because Mac, uh, Max just broke up his marriage, and he like just takes bees and puts them in there, and it's just like the escalation of it is so perfect. I love that also it's a montage and that's kind of like when um, montages are a big thing with the relationship between Max and Herman. Um, there's a montage where he's um, basically getting ready for the aquarium. Or no, is that not it? Maybe I need to rewatch that movie again because I feel like I can't remember. I know, but I know there's at least two montages. There's the war montage and then there's, oh, it's when he's getting psyching him up to build the aquarium for Miss Cross. That's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. But um, they're just like reversal, like they're enemies in the one montage. And then the second montage, you know, they're friends and they're supporting each other. And um, it's also got an amazing song behind it. Rushmore is like my favorite movie soundtrack of any Wes Anderson movie. And um, I think that song really does it for me. I always think, think of Rushmore, you know, it's his second movie, and I think of it as, like, he figured out who he was, and then he just threw, like, everything into a one movie. Like, it's just so, it's so Wes, and then, like, kind of dials it down for the rest of where yeah. it's not so much, but... I wish he would do a movie like that again with just, like, so much great music. I mean, I love a lot of the music in the other movies, but I feel like his more recent movies have a lot more orchestrated music yeah. and less, like, soundtrack music. Some of them, you know, they're set in countries where they want the music to reflect that country for the most part, so, like, Darjeeling and Isle yeah. of Dogs, um, to where you just don't get to hear it. Um, so my number two is from Royal Tenenbaums, which up until, like... A month or two ago was my number one, and then finally Darjeeling surpassed it. But I really love Royal Tenenbaums, and it's really hard to pick just one scene. So, and this is really just a moment. I was joking with Jess earlier today about, did you pick a mo top five moments or top five scenes? This is just like a tiny throwaway thing, but, you know, being a dad, like, I just can't help but love it. It's when they have the fire alarm or fire drill and they don't make it out in time. And Chaz is freaked out, you know, because his wife died or whatever. And he takes the kids back to the house on Archer Street and wants to stay there for the night. And um, he says there's no sprinklers at in their house or whatever. <laughs> Evelyn says there's no sprinklers here either. He's like, we may need to fix that. Anyway, um, but they... He puts the two kids in their room together or whatever and then starts to leave. And then basically it's like, I'm just going to sleep here tonight and like lays down on the floor all like military. Like he's just laying there straight and stiff. And one of his two sons just climbs out of the top bunk and lays down next to him. It's just like, oh God, like just, you know, as a dad, like the empathy there for the kid from the kid. I've always had this weird thing that I could never fully like 
find online of like anybody else talking about this but i love like when love is shown in movies through like gestures the random one that i always think of is in nebraska when they go to steal that like air compressor for the dad it's like and then there's this scene in um broken circle breakdown (laughs) no one will ever know but um just when like you know it's not words it's not like anything it's just like this physical thing will show how much i love for whoever and in this scene, the son just knows that even though his dad is, like, weird and, like, rigid and all that, like, he still just needs to be comforted in this moment. So, I love that scene. Yeah. I love that scene, too, actually. I always love when Chaz is, like, good night, and he closes the door, but he, like, it's not even closed for a millisecond. He opens it right back up. I've always, <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about that part, yeah. but I've always... Ben Stiller's amazing that. in that. Yeah, that he's role. great. Yeah. All right, Jess, I made it through that without crying. Are you impressed? <laughs> God, I was trying hard. So, what's your number two? Oh, uh, my number two. Um, okay, I'm gonna just say, this is my number two. I'm terrible at top ten lists because I will change... Well, this is a five, top five, yeah. but I will um, done ten. always go and change it. So, tomorrow I will rearrange these all, but I love this scene, so I'm gonna put this as number two. It's from The Life Aquatic, which is... I know I'm going to probably get a lot of flack for this, but Life Aquatic is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> you just said that, Royal Tenenbaums. I know, and this is a contradiction that I'm comfortable with. That Royal <sighs> Tenenbaums is my favorite movie of all time, but The Life Aquatic is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. So and you those know two. Who you're married to? Those two realities <laughs> can exist. <laughs> I, get, I understand what you're saying because of PTA. I'm sorry. I won't mansplain. Just go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I know it's like, it's going to be frustrating for people. It's just like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, if well, I'm going to list my favorite Wes Anderson movies, I just love Life Aquatic. But as far as like cinematically and like moments and stuff, like Royal Tenenbaums is a masterpiece. And so it's my, and I've watched it a million times. It's just like a huge part of my life. That is just my favorite movie. So anyways, my number two. From the Life Aquatic is the mutiny scene where uh, Bill Murray stands up. <laughs> the The crew just decided that they were going to mutiny. And um, he's talking about, like, what's going on? Like, I heard there's low morale. And so he says this line. It says, if you're not against me, don't cross this line. If you are, do. And just, like, the double negatives and confusing language. And then Willem Dafoe, which plays, who plays Klaus, who is one of my favorite Wes Anderson characters of all time. We also, oh, it was my, my dad had a cat that I called Klaus. <laughs> Third Wes Anderson <laughs> named animal in my life. Um, but he crosses the line and Bill Murray's like, wait, really? And he's like, wait, wait, do it again. And it's just so funny. It's like this, you know, really important moment and Klaus like blows it. first thing that goes through a captain's head when he hears there's low morale going around is what I do is it all my fault well he's probably right most of us have been together a long time there are others that were here before that do you all not like me anymore I mean what am I supposed to do I don't know look if you're not against me don't cross this line if yes 
I love you all. Are you sure? Yes, I am. I don't understand. Why? What do you mean? Wait a second. What are we doing? You said cross the line. If cross the line if you're going to quit. Oh. Do it again. I misunderstood. He just plays it so funny. He's just, I, I guess, like, I feel like this is really telling that most of your list are the really powerful emotional scenes, and mine are all, like, the things that make me laugh. But this scene is another one that, like, always makes me laugh every time I see it, or at least smile. And, you know, it's just one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're at number one. Usually in top fives, we do honorable mentions before number ones. Oh, okay. But I don't know if I'll end up stealing one of stealing your number one, but we'll see. It does, we can go with it. Do you want to do that? Sure. So I'll give my honorable mentions. Um, I know some people listening, if Joe Hargett is listening, he'll be mad we're not representing Moonrise. Um, I don't really have a favorite scene or moment from that other than it's kind of cliche, but I do like when... He says, what kind of bird are you? What kind of bird are you? I'm a sparrow. She's a dove. No, I said. What kind of bird are you? I'm a raven. I just think that scene is cool where it's like, out of all the people there, it's like, no, like, I like you. And she's probably, you know, as a kid feeling like she's invisible or no one likes her and that kind of thing. And mm. to have him call her out is a cool scene. And then the I Love Dogs. I, I like all of his movies, so don't think that just because they're not on the top fives, we don't like them. But I love the end of I Love Dogs, where Chief, you know, he's the kind of wounded dog or whatever who throughout the whole movie says... um, I bite as kind of a, this is who I am. You know, I'm not a good dog. I bite people and I'm nasty or whatever. And, you know, the character arc for him is he is still like a rough kind of character, rough around the edges, but he tells Nutmeg, Nutmeg, I don't know why I bite, which is really like stupid, small part, but it's, it's kind of just the self-realization that like, I bite, I'm, you know, I have these flaws, but I don't know why, you know, it's not who I am. It's not like I am not just a dog who bites. It's like I have things outside of that. And I just love that. Um, And let me see here. The really famous, I hope I'm not taking your number one, when Chaz says I've had a, I've had a rough year, Dad. That's not your number one, is it? No, that's a great scene. Um, I know that's like the go-to scene from Royal Tenenbaums, but another one from Royal Tenenbaums that I love is when, <laughs> well, I'll just wait. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll <laughs> I was going to say, you have a giant list and I have two. No, it's fine. Because you o- already took one of mine. But... The only other one is when he says in Grand Budapest, take your hands off my lobby boy. Oh, yeah. Stop it, Jack. Never mind, Monsieur Gustav. Let them proceed. Ow, that hurt. You filthy goddamn pockmarked fascist assholes. Take your hands off my lobby boy. I love that scene because it's just like, up until that point, he's seen as kind of like a selfish, um, doesn't care about anybody else kind of thing. But he's grown attached to his lobby boy. And uh, he's starting to get... 
taken on the train and he defends his honor and I just like that scene. So mm-hmm. what's your honorable mentions? Um, I'll start with, um, and I didn't jot this down, because we actually didn't re-watch all of Grand Budapest. We just actually just watched the last half tonight because I always fall asleep before the second half of it. But I love, uh, first when he meets the old old woman that dies, basically, um, and he's like, picking at her fingernail polish and I just I just love the the script the way he talks to her and like he's still affectionate but he's critical like he's just such a prissy man but then when he goes to her um her casket and he's just like oh they look what they've done to your nails like (laughs) just I love I love that character it's not my favorite movie but I love Gustav so much um, he's a great character, and he has great lines that I feel like a lot of times, like, I, I have a lot of problems with Moonrise Kingdom because I feel like it's, again, like, like the script is a little too on the nose. Like, the lines are, like, too self-aware. They're too quirky where it's like, all right, we know it. We get it. Like, this is a Western edition style, but Gustav is, like, like that, but he's got so much finesse. He's, like, just, like, charming enough that he pulls it off so smoothly. Ray Fiennes is amazing in that role. Anyway, so yeah. that would be one. I just love the way he does that whole scene. Um, I think it really, it, the way it sums up, like, his character. They do a lot of explaining of his character, but just the way that he demonstrates it there is really fun. Let's see. I've got um, just a general, this isn't one particular scene, but one thing that I like that I notice is um, the way that Wes Anderson takes big things and makes them small. Like um, the way in Grand Budapest, in the chase scene towards the end where they're skiing and he uses stop motion animation with it. And it's like most of the time in movies, chase scenes are shot really fast and they're really jerky and there's like a lot of shaking with the camera to make it like really more exciting and there's like explosions but he doesn't like this tiny little figure that's just like you know going so fast and it's like it's just such a different take and a different way to think about it or like Grand Budapest also has a a gunfight scene in it there's also one in Life Aquatic and the the guns are like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like it's just like it's still an exciting scene, and it still, like, has action in it, but it's just, like, a different way to look taking at it. Taking the piss out of it. Yeah, I just, I love it. Um, it's, like, like taking something and, like, making it a toy of it. I don't know. It's it's just fun and playful, which that's also another one. I mean, if I just, I'm, like. It's tough for another two hours, but I'm just winging it. <laughs> yeah. The the scene where they, um, in the Life Aquatic, where they rescue Hennessy is. Yeah, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, and he looks over. They like walk into the room, and it's the pirates. And Jeff Goldblum's wearing the "I'm a Pepper" shirt, and he looks over, and he's like, "Steven, are you rescuing me?" And then the, the pirates just start pop, 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 pop. Steven, Steven, are you rescuing me? Fold. This is so great. That's, I mean, I, I didn't even, that's not on my list. I just love that scene when we're talking about the guns. Um, okay, my last honorable mention 
and this is a big one, could have been on my list easily, The End of Royal Tenenbaums. And it's just... Um, the End of Royal Tenenbaums is so good. It is so good. <clears throat> and, I mean, the, the way it ends in the cemetery with Royal's death, and I love how Wes Anderson does this. He likes to end movies with the entire ensemble or as many characters as he can get to realistically be in the same place at the same time. But everyone's at the cemetery, and, you know, they all hated him, and now they're, like, you know, celebrating his life and honoring him and his death. And and then it ends showing his, his epitaph, is that the right word, on the on the tombstone? Sounds right. And it's, like, like he, he died saving his family from a sinking battleship. <laughs> and it's, like, it's, like, ridiculous lie, which was, like, his character, but it's also, like, kind of true. Like, they were all... Um, one way or another sinking and his like crazy stunts brought them all together and kind of saved them. Yeah. It's it's just so beautiful and then it ends to that amazing song. I mean it's we watched it a few weeks ago and it was just like that was a masterpiece. It's just it so great. That's what like I, I'm pretty much the same way with you except for Darjeeling's my favorite like as sure as you see but Tenenbaums I feel like is it's got to be his best. I, we can do more honorable mentions after our number one, but I'm afraid a few of mine that I'm thinking of now might be your number one. So we're going to go into our favorite Wes Anderson moment or mm-hmm. scene. Mine, I don't have a lot to say about. I just love it so much is the end of Dark Healing when they're shaving, the three brothers are shaving in the mirror. <laughs> and Francis, Owen Wilson's character, had earlier in the movie before you even movie starts you see that he's in been in some sort of accident he's got these bandages all over his entire freaking head and he just gets this notion um to just take them off and again with Darjeeling and again with a lot of his stuff like it seems like heavy-handed like if I just told you that like if you haven't seen these also why are you listening to this if you haven't seen them but you're like, really, dude? Like, I get it. Like, you're, you've are you got wounds on your face, and you're wounded, and you're just letting them... But, like, when you're watching the movie, and you go through the entire, like, build-up with all of the brothers, and them, like, learning to, like, let go of their dad's death, and all that stuff, like, him doing that in that moment is, like, so powerful. And I just love it. And, I like, like I said, I love Owen Wilson, but it's just so good. And, like, the way that his brothers look at him, like... It's the um. It's also the same thing a little bit. Like I was saying on Bottle Rocket with um Dignan and Anthony and Anthony, kind of humoring Dignan. And you were saying that Francis is kind of like a grown up Dignan, and the brothers. You know, at first Peter's like, "Don't order for me," and they're really resentful of Francis oh, being God. so controlling. All my honorable mentions for the rest <laughs> of that movie. But then the you know at the end they do they like they. Why don't you order for me, Francis? It's it's awesome. All right. What's your number one? Um, my number one is from my favorite Wes Anderson movie, The Life Aquatic. It's the Jaguar Shark I Reveal. your number one. Yeah. It's, I just, it's the most beautiful scene. The Sigur Rose song that they play. That's him, Klaus. Oh, 
we are we safe in here? I doubt it. You still want to blow them up? No. We're out of dynamite anyway. It is beautiful, Steve. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? I wonder if it remembers me. And again, it's the entire cast, you know, or just like the main characters all together in this little tiny submarine. The colors are so beautiful. And, you know, it's like the first time in that movie where something's not either like downplayed, like the pop pop of the guns or like hum no humors added. It's just, you know, totally somber. And um, the fulfillment of like Steve finally sees the shark. And he's, like, just so overwhelmed emotionally. Like, with the death of his friend, like, he he was going to, like, seek revenge on this shark for eating his friend, thinking that that would resolve some of his grief. And then just the realization he has when he finally sees it. And he sees, like, the beauty of it. And, I mean, he's just overwhelmed. Tell him the line. Oh, yeah. And he says, I wonder if he remembers me. Bah. Oh, I know. It's... I love how they're just, like, staring into the camera. Like, yeah. they're looking right at you, and obviously they're looking at the shark, but um, I just love that visually. It looks amazing, so. Yeah. Yeah, and even, like, I mean, it, it kind of rounds out all the characters. Like, Hennessy, who was his rival, and kind of, like, picking at him and, like, belittling him the whole movie. He was just, like, I can't remember the exact line he says, but he was just, like, wow, that's really impressive, basically. And, I mean, all the characters kind of come together, and it's like there was a resolve in all of them. Like, Ethleen is resolved, and the vengeance is resolved, and it's it's just freaking beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So suck it, everyone who says he doesn't have any, uh, you know, depth to his movies. I freaking held back tears three times in stupid <laughs> 20 minutes we've been recording. Oh, um, any other honorable mentions? Uh, I, I thought of one random one that I know you love too is when Bill Murray's character in Rushmore <laughs> reaches back and hits his kids. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> fighting in the car is just like such no, a... No, says... <laughs> There's going to be girls there, Dad. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> just like reaches back and wails. It's <laughs> pretty great. Because all parents have felt that way at yeah. one point. <laughs> Um, another Bill Murray scene. I was thinking earlier we should do just like an honorable mention top five of top five slow motion scenes of his because yeah. he's you know known for that. But I love the beginning of <laughs> Darjeeling when Bill Murray's running and Peter shows up first and runs past him to catch the train again, heavy handed, you know, old, old, you know, man is out or whatever and with a new kind of thing, but to that freaking i'm pretty sure it's king song and it's just yeah it's this time tomorrow and uh i love that slow motion the other really famous one that we both love is nico's song oh my goodness yeah i was gonna put this on my list but i, I felt like it was. it was too cliche oh. <laughs> we have like 12 listeners out yeah, the, <laughs> the margo stepping off the green line bus and her hair is blowing in the wind to um these days yeah oh my gosh 
He had made a request for his usual escort, the one from his days on the circuit, to meet him at the pier by way of the Green Line bus. As always, she was late. scene when we you know when people think about it it's like oh yeah it's a cool song that's it but like like i said with the moments in dark feeling when you're watching it from start to finish and you're like sitting down to actually watch the movie and not just have it on in the background that scene is amazing because it's like you know she came home or he's he's coming home and she's there to greet him and all of the stuff that was like building up to it actually goes somewhere in that scene. It's not just like, oh, cool song, they're doing slow-mo, you know. Yeah, and too, it was like he had just confessed that he was in love with Margot, but they said it like in a telegram and it was very matter-of-fact. And then like that's the first time you like feel his emotions. Like they show the way he sees her and like everything stops. And he just sees her and it's like, oh, okay. Well, she's like a very unlikable character. Like yeah. she has so many faults, but like you see through his eyes the way that he sees her and it, it gives, you know, a lot of depth to both of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm such a cinephile. What, what, what else you got? <laughs> Any others? I mean, I could talk forever, really. Well, we're only like Um I, I want to give a little bit of love to some of the movies that I've neglected because, I mean, clearly you can see, like, my top three favorite movies, but um, um, I love An Isle of Dogs, which um, I think last time when we were re-watching movies, I think I actually put this as my least favorite. You did. But then when we watched Moonrise Kingdom, I popped that down to my <laughs> yeah. least favorite. So Moonrise this is my, my two bottom. But In I Love Dogs, I just love... Jeff Goldblum's character, how he he's like a gossip, and <laughs> what is it he keeps saying? You heard the rumor, right, about these these Aboriginal dogs? No, no. Remind me again. What's the rumor? Uh, they're cannibals. So you're telling me they're gonna want to eat us? Well, they're cannibals. He's just so funny. It's I just I love that the way that Wes Anderson does that. He'll pick like a little silly thing and like carry it throughout like scene after scene and just it sticks with that character i feel like it makes it it makes it more fun and it makes the quirky characters you know a little bit more memorable oh and i was gonna put this on my list not in my top five but when we rewatch moonrise kingdom i love the part where jason schwartzman is marrying them and they gave him they paid him a, a tennis tennis ball can full of nickels <laughs> And uh, he marries them, and then the campers or the troop are trying to kind of convince him, like, making faces like he should give back the nickels. That's the end of the short form. Do any of the witnesses have objections or remarks? Usually they don't. Skotek. Can we loan them the nickels? I'm worried about their future. That's my fee. What do you think? I don't know. What I just say, that's my fee. I'm keeping the nickels.
Okay, they can have a tennis ball can. It's just like a really likable moment for me in that movie, which I don't love. I mean, I just would say Jorge. Is, I'm not sure how yeah. to pronounce it. I love him so much, but I can't. I mean, Sue Jorge, I assume it's how you pronounce it. Every song that he does in The Life Aquatic is one of my favorite moments. I listen to that soundtrack a lot, and he's great. Yeah, well, he's pretty cool. Looking forward to The French Dispatch, which yep. COVID freaking pushed back. Stupid COVID. Just give us something to do when things open back up. <laughs> um. All right, well, thanks for joining us. Let us know if you dig Wes Anderson as much as we do. Please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> they won't be able to fight. <laughs> All right. Jess, do you know it's as reliable as a slow motion scene in a Wes Anderson movie? No, what? Death. And Texas. And Randy Savage. Controle da Mejordão E disso eu pensei Na verdade quase nada dá pra ver Não há nada comparado a tal poder Esse é o grande controle da Mejordão me disse você vem A revolução agora que vai bem Tem espaço pra você 